This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. What's going on, everybody? We are here live, and it's not an accident today. We are doing this on purpose. This is the Backpacking Podcast. This is what we're calling a pop-up live stream. I'm here, as always, with Jeremiah Stringer. Hello, my name is Jeremiah Stringer. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, bro. <laughs> this was totally not planned yesterday. We just kind of threw it together. We're like, hey, let's do a live stream. Back, dude, you need to understand this right now. Yes. Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir, is on right now watching wow. this. Wow, why is he not at work right now? And Hunter's <laughs> Trip is on here as well. <laughs> we have a couple people. We were just talking about before we started um, – we make the worst life choices. John and I are both on vacation right now, and we decided to live stream. Or if you're listening later on the Backpacking Podcast, then uh, it's 1 p.m. on a Tuesday, just during the work week. We're, We're both just off chilling. work. We're both yeah. off work. This is our job, bro. This is our job. This is our this is our side gig. Yes, this is our side gig. So we're doing this on the side here. We're here to. We're just here pimping joy. Ah, just walking is in now. What's up? Fellow Packers. What? Look at that logo. Dude, that logo is incredible, <laughs> Is that man. a moose? Dude, that is awesome. <laughs> That's a moose. For, for people who are listening, the logo for Just Walking is literally like Arnold Schwarzenegger with a moose head. <laughs> it's like a Bigfoot moose. It's unbelievable. <laughs> that is awesome. I'm saying we should be doing this streaming from two hammocks. Now, I don't disagree uh, with that. That would be legit, bro. I don't disagree with that. Now, we have we have live-streamed on Jason's channel from the woods before, right? Yes, we have. Yeah. yeah. He brought his sometimes he brought his iPad. Yeah. Some people comment sometimes on my YouTube videos. Like one guy in particular very recently was commenting how we're just in the woods to uh, escape civilization. Sometimes that's true, yeah, I think. sometimes. But sometimes not. No. He, was, he was complaining about how I'm listening to music and watching movies and stuff while I'm in the woods. Well, good for me. My life, I'm not here to escape civilization. I actually like civilization. I love I civilization. Yeah. I love the comforts, but I also love getting out and getting away. But there's nothing wrong with bringing some comforts with you. You know what's better than watching a movie? What's that? Watching a movie under the stars. Yeah. Oh, Come yes. on, right? Every once in a while, that's cool. There's nothing yes. wrong with that. Yeah. So uh, just found out what that, that logo is called. What is it? Moose Squatch. Oh, I love it. That is awesome. <laughs> Moose Squatch. Moose Squatch. <laughs> that's a new one for me. Oh, man, that's great. So, Jeremiah. Yes, sir. You've got a trip coming up here real soon. Yes. I actually heard you finalizing some some items about it just a few seconds ago. Yes. I don't. I never like to tell anybody uh, publicly where I'm going or when I'm don't going. Don't tell them where or when, but what is it but you're doing? I plan on putting in some mileage with Hunter's Trip, actually, very, very soon. And uh, I think what we're both going to do, hopefully Hunter's okay with me saying this, is I think we're both going to be doing the tarp camping. Nice. Yeah, so I may be borrowing. Warbonnet sent us some some gear for testing. I may be borrowing the 11-foot Ridge Runner, if that's okay with you, to take Dude, instead of the 13-foot. Do it, man. I don't think I need 13 feet for just laying on the ground. No. 
I think it'd be a waste of uh, no. weight. Well, you've got an 11 foot with you, don't you? No. Or do we have two 13 foots? We have three total that he sent us to test. Yeah. He sent us an 11 foot, a 13 foot, and a 13 foot ridge runner. And then he sent us um, the bridge hammock. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Which is called the ridge runner. That's the ridge runner. You're oh. thinking you're th- the tarps are the thunderflies. Thunderflies. That's what I mean. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Warbonin. I'm terrible at these things. I can't remember these names. And also, I never know where they come up with these names. Like the wasp by Dutch, that looks like a wasp. I get right, that. right, right. But all the names, like where does he come up with Thunderfly or any of these names? Nemo Disco? Cosmic? Yeah, uh, Kelty Cosmic? When I look at that disco thing, I don't think of people dancing in really bad clothing. With bell bottoms no. on and stuff. I just don't see that when I look at your sleeping bag. Now, it is neon. It's neon yellow, and you get it now, in neon orange. Yeah, but that makes me think of the 80s more than it makes me think of the 70s. Disco's the 70s. Yeah, disco's the 70s. The 80s is neon colors. Big hair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, neon colors and fanny packs and those zebra kind of pants <laughs> that people yeah. worked out in and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that... Not going to lie, I might have had some of those those pants when I was in the 80s when I was a kid. And I bet you backpacking with Jason, he may not want to admit it, but he probably had some too. <laughs> the big parachute pants? Oh, dude, the yeah. The big old bottoms? Yeah, man, they were so comfortable. Like, they look terrible. Yeah. But they're maybe the most comfortable pants on the planet. Because well. they're so baggy and they don't weigh anything. I mean, they're ultralight. Like, seriously, <laughs> they were ultralight before ultralight was a thing. And it was ultralight clothing for everyday urban hiking. I don't think that's for me. Do you me. like that? Urban yeah. Hiking. I like how you tied it back yeah. into hiking. Yeah, that's right. what it was. Well, we're going to try the whole tarp, which Hunter may be experienced in that. And I know Backpacking with Jason, or Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir, as he's better known around these parts. Yes. I know that he, especially in the wintertime, will often go tarp camping. And he was actually talking about it on our last trip because um, I had a tent, he had a tent, you had a hammock, and somebody was cowboy camping. And he's yeah. like, oh, I'm about to change it up. I'm going to be doing the tarp. I think I'm going to get the tarp out really soon. Yeah. So I'm going to try tarp, but I've never done it before, and I'm a little bit worried because where we're going, I don't know specifically where we're going to be camping. And with a hammock, that wouldn't be a big deal. Yeah, I want to show you something. This is really good to know. Okay, let's see it. Jason did have parachute pants. Oh, of course he it did. It did happen. And Hunter's trip, we did see JK with a mullet rocking out back in 1950. Now, it wasn't <laughs> 1950. <laughs> Like, dude, that that's literally 20-some-odd years before I was born. So, I mean, I'm old. I get that. I get that. Especially in your company. You're just Mr. Young guy. It's temporary, man. That's all temporary. So, but, uh, but, yeah, there was definitely it – wasn't, it wasn't so much a mullet as it was just I had long hair. I think you, Did right you know this? Did you ever see my long hair? I saw a picture of it. I yeah. never saw it in person. Yeah, I actually had long hair down, like, below my shoulders. You were rocking out. I was oh, – Rock star, baby. Yeah. No, nah, but I had that. And then then here's a great one. Jason also said he had leather pants. Oh no, I can't get that out of Okay, my Jason, brain. this Thursday night, can you pull those leather pants out and wear those down to Jeremiah's house when I see you guys for New Year's Eve? Because <laughs> I would love to see Jason wearing leather pants at New Year's Eve. That's just me personally. I think that he should leave those at home. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of that, man, New Year's Eve's coming up. Yes. So you got this trip going on. What 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 are your plans for New Year's Eve? I think that uh we'll have a few close friends over at the house for New Year's Eve. And then uh after that, I think I'm gonna be doing a lot of backpacking in January and getting these winter the best thing about winter is there's no bugs. Right. That's why I'll do the tarp 
And then if I went in the summertime and did tarp, oh. I think I'd have to do like a it's bug a bivy net or, or something. something. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to try to take like three or four trips in January because, um, unfortunately, because Man, of COVID. that is a busy January, bro. I know, but because of COVID, where I'm a teacher, they they were like, oh, well, everybody's visiting family for the holidays. Let's push off the date for starting back a little bit. So they gave us an extra week. And what am I going to do with an extra week? Backpack. So hopefully I can get two trips in. Yeah. Two short ones. Right. Yeah, two or three days each. That's nice. I know I'm planning on, hopefully, I mean, hopefully we're going to be going to Dolly Sods. I am with some mm-hmm. friends uh, at some point in January. Yeah. I've never been to Dolly Sods. I've heard it's always muddy, so I'm hoping it's cold enough that it's frozen and it's solid. Yeah. That would be kind of nice. I've only heard of one person that I really hang out with that, like, struck it where they got no rain, no mud. No, it it's so rare. Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir. Oh, is that who it was? When he went out there, he didn't have all that. Uh, Jason, if I'm wrong about that, let me know. But I'm pretty sure that that he didn't have any of that. Yeah. So Dolly Sods, I mean, I hear great things. I know, um, I think Lance went out there pretty recently, Outland. Yeah. And Jason's been a couple of times. I've never been. Yeah, I've never been. I've, I've, everybody talks about going out there. And I've always been kind of, eh, because everybody talks about the mud. Yeah. Like Dolly Sods is like infamous for mud, but at the same time I hear about places like Lion's Head and some of these other places out there and everybody's just like yeah. you got to get out there. So, you'll have to tell you'll have to let Jason tell about um them going like off trail or whatever, not taking the traditional route up right. to Lion's Head, yeah. having to scramble around. How yeah. fun would that be? Oh man. That'd be like what we did this past week. Yeah. That's just a blast, man. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Now, I think Jason's still working on his, and as the date of recording this episode, uh, myself and John Kelly on our YouTube channels, we've already released the videos. Right. And we did Indian Staircase. <laughs> Tell everybody what that's like. Dude, it's awesome. It's just it's just like a steep climb up. You just yeah. go up. like Everybody's always freaked out about it, but then when you get there and you do it, it's like, yeah. Does it not look a lot worse from far off? Oh, it looks way worse, but every I think everything looks worse from far off. Yeah. Like, I climb Mount Kilimanjaro, and you look at it from a distance, you're like, oh, my gosh. But Can, when you do it, you're like, yeah, I mean, it was hard, but it wasn't like I never felt like I was going to die. Yeah. You know? And I think that's everything. Could you see, whenever you're doing um, Mount Kilimanjaro, could you see the top from um, whenever you were at sea level? Or was it in the clouds? Oh, we were never at sea level. Like, it starts at, like, five or 6,000 feet. Okay. So, I mean, how far off? How far off? I don't know how to phrase this. Whenever I was in Ecuador, there were snow-capped mountains. Yes. And where I was living at was above 10,000 feet. Right. So, you look off, and there was only, like, two times in one month that you could actually see the top of the mountain. We could see it from miles away mm-hmm. like when we were there we were in tanzania mm-hmm. and if i can't remember the name of the town we were in off the top of my head but it, when you when we were driving to the mountain you could see the top of it and then the clouds would come okay. and then you couldn't see the top of it anymore yeah um and like the day that we got that we summited that was hard yeah because that got down to negative 30 wind chill and <laughs> we had like we had a i want to say a three four thousand foot climb that day Mm. and it was up the whole way, and when we got to uh, the first, we got to the top of the mountain, but not the highest point of the mountain. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's Stella Point or something like that. We got there. We had another mile to go. Wait. And you... that's and that's where the wind hit. 
You said that you got to the highest point, but not the top. No, I got to the top of the mountain, but not the highest point on the top of the mountain. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like getting on a ridge almost. Yeah, like yeah. when you go across. But so we got, I think it's called Stella Point. We got there, and the wind all of a sudden hits you because the other side of the mountain was blocking the wind. Right. Well, then we get to the top, and the 30 mile an hour winds hit you. Mm. And so you're hiking, it's snow everywhere. And so it's just snow blowing in your face, and it's negative 30 wind chill because of this wind. And. <sighs> And you're just hiking and your eyes are watering, you know, because there's just, you're almost, it's almost wind burn. You've got, I was wearing a balaclava over my face. Oh, so it was wow. only this, like this was all there was, like if you're watching in the video, it was like this. Um, and it was just enough room for like some sunglasses. Yeah. But there's still a little bit of wind that gets in. So your eyes are watering. It, every step is hard because there's no air. You know, you're 19,000 feet up. Right. There's no air. <laughs> and every time you come up over a certain area, you would swear that was it, and it wasn't. False summits, oh, man. Oh, man, all over the place. They're heartbreakers. But here's the here's the thing about it. like, And maybe it's like this for other people. I don't know. But, like, for me, when I, when I hit that, I kept hitting those false summits. Mm-hmm. And then I could finally see the sign off in the distance, just barely, because it was so snow-covered and foggy. And, there, I mean, you're in a cloud up yeah. there, you know. And... I finally see the sign, and all of a sudden, all the memories of training for the climb. And uh, I was raising money for an organization called LifeWater, uh-huh. trying to build a well in Ethiopia. And so I had raised like seven thousand dollars for that, you know. And and the memories of all the people supporting me. And I, and I lost like seventy five pounds for that trip. Wow! And like all the stuff that I'd done leading up to that. And when I saw the sign, all this emotion started to well up. And then I get to the st- the top. Mm. I fell apart like a little girl. It was like the most ridiculous thing oh, in the world. Tears streaming. Dude, it was unreal. And then it wasn't just me. Like, I was – like, there was this one dude there was like a big game hunter, owned his own construction business, the manliest of men, uh-huh. and he fell apart. Like, every dude that crossed that that end line just lost it. And the guy who got me to do it gets there, and I just look at him. He's all teared up because I never thought it would be this hard. Yeah, and then, and then we got there. It was just like the greatest celebration. And within five minutes, the clouds parted, and all of a sudden it got clear up on the mountain. The wind tied. <laughs> it was wow. It was Perfect. the craziest thing. Um, but we could never see down below the mountain because we were above the clouds. Yeah. So all we could see, and I've I've got pictures of it, but mm. you can you look down and all you see are clouds. I mean, it's yeah. crazy when you're up that high. Yeah. Well, you're just up so high that you're above the clouds. Yeah. And I always joke like. When people like that's why like Indian staircase didn't really scare me. I was yeah. like, yeah, there, I just that. I just never done it. I've yeah. never actually hiked up there before. I'd never seen it. I mean, I've seen pictures of other people doing it and videos of other people doing. It, just never been there. Yeah, and never had the opportunity to be there. I've never been with anybody that's going. Hey, let's go do Indian staircase. Right. And so when you guys are saying let's go do it, I was like, and we yeah, did, we did it with backpack on, backpacks on. Yeah, dude. How about Jason Wish and his kids? They were like. Wait a minute! It's farther to go back the way you all are going. We're just gonna walk down the staircase. They said that. Yeah, that's what they said. They're like, "Oh, l- let's take the shortcut." And they had like they had a full axe, they, a yeah, blow dart. They gun. had a blow dart gun, a full. I and mean, when I say full size axe, I'm talking a three foot. Yeah, like <laughs> ten pound axe. <laughs> it had like a five pound head on it. No yes, joke. that thing it was, was like so heavy. A legit axe. Oh my gosh! They I didn't know they were doing that. No, and they had a blow dart gun. I knew about the blow dart gun. And I never got to see anybody use it. Well, I was disappointed when he was talking about, what do we have to eat? I was like, what are you talking about? You have a blow dart gun. Go find a raccoon or something. <laughs> oh, how about the uh, the cheese 
and the tortilla, and they made um, a quesadilla. Yeah. I was like, if you took that, I'm going to do that with um, Hunter on our next trip. I'm going to take um, tortillas, cheese to melt, and um, some of that pre-packaged, like, vacuum-sealed chicken that you can just buy at Walmart yeah. at the tuna section. Yeah. And I'm going to make myself – maybe I won't do it on this trip. Maybe I'll make it more of a heavier weight trip. Make some backcountry tongs. Yeah, or I have the I have tongs. I have tongs that are one side is a tiny little spatula. They're probably like eight inch yeah. it's a spatula. And then the other side is a spork, you a just long hold handle. Over the fire and like you can like stick it together. No, I would take it and use probably do a Y stick like they did. You know, he took a yeah. Y stick that he had cut. Well, that's good too, I guess. Yeah, whatever whatever it takes to heat up the chicken and melt the cheese. But did I was I like Wow, that's genius. Have I ever told you about how I created backcountry tongs one time? No, how did you how do you do that? Okay, so I just grabbed a couple sticks that were maybe like a foot and a half long, two uh-huh. feet long, and then it had the the Y on the end, like where you broke the broke it off, so it was like a little Y on the end. Uh-huh. Then I took another little stick about this big, put it in here, and then I took a rubber band and I put it around in front of that. So every time I would open it, they would close automatically. Wow. And so I did that, and that's how I like cook some I, I did that I did that on the Shell Toy Trace one night. I never even videoed it, and I feel so stupid because I felt like, dude, I just got the <laughs> ultimate hack on how to make, like, backcountry tongs, and I didn't even put it on the video. It was just stupid. Uh, and, I, and I used that to, like, cook some stuff over the fire. It might have been a piece of spam or something, and I just cooked it uh, over the fire. But Sometimes I'll stick a stick through spam. Oh, yeah? Roast that over the, Spam is so much better heated up. Dude. <laughs> Instead of that gel Cold spam is rough, but, but cooked spam I think is good, man. Yeah, I don't think it's bad. Especially searing the outside, a little. Tss. Yeah. How many of you guys? How many of you guys like spam? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> yeah. Tell us on the it's, it's amazing when you talk to non-backpackers and non-through hikers and that kind of thing, and you mention spam immediately. The nose turns up, and they're kind of like, they yeah. get that look on their face. But dude, I I can do some spam. And now, like you know, spam. I was, we weren't real wealthy growing up, and we ate spam, and they'd fry it like in a cast iron skillet. Yeah. And that was like your meat for the meal. But it came in those tins. You know, yeah, you tear you off the it, top. You roll it back or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. like at the top that like, you know, yeah. it pretty much turns into a cylinder as you pull it off. Well. Dude, right here. Tabby. Oh, Love what's up? a fried Spam sandwich. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Dude, you throw some stuff. Throw some mayo on there. Throw Piece some cheese. cheese. Oh, yeah. That's cheese stuff, melt dude. on there. So... We had those, but now you can We're buy them. red meat eaters, too, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> I love red meat. I do, too, man. Hunter, does he have the Does he have the thing where you can't have red meat? I think it's just a dietary choice. My wife just commented with a throw-up face. Oh, with the spam? She's not crazy about the spam. Yeah. But you can get in those tear-off packets just like tuna now. Yeah, I know. It's great. Yeah. Easy it's peasy. Great. You don't have to take it out in that big tin. Right. Yeah. It's perfect. Absolutely perfect. Yeah. Also, I'll mention, since we're on the live stream, um, if you all have any questions or any topics that you uh, want us to cover or talk about today, completely open forum. So yeah, this is literally a pop-up live stream. Like, we have no agenda here. Like, we were both, we're like, let's just do some podcasts this week. So Mm -hmm. we did like three yesterday. We're doing three today, and we're probably going to do three tomorrow. So um yeah, we're just we, having fun. Who knows? We may do a live stream tomorrow. We'll see what happens. It just yeah. depends on how internet's looking and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, we'll kind of see what happens. While they're uh, looking at topics and stuff, you want to thank today's sponsor? I do want to thank today's sponsor because uh, 
I have been using this stuff since the day we got it, and he surprised us like a week or two ago yeah. with a brand new scent, and that's Outdoor Beards, who is the sponsor for today's episode. Uh, I have thoroughly been enjoying the new scent, the uh, Morning Brew. That's the new scent. that I used it this morning. It's a balm. Oh, it's my god! It's better for styling over the oil. Now, I like the oil, too, and I, I shaved my beard December the 1st. Right. And I've been taking a picture every day, and since it's been growing back out, I'm kind of doing a little experiment. I'm, I didn't use product whenever I first started growing my beard. Which, if you're looking right now and you're going, Jeremiah, <laughs> what beard do you speak of? Because the beard we remember you with was much longer. I know, because it grew for like a year and a half. Yeah. And the sucky thing with the beard is the masks. It's very annoying with the mask, oh, especially yeah. if it's long. The mask kind of curls around it. But what I started doing is later on using product. Now I'm regrowing my beard, and I'm using product from the beginning. Yeah. And I think what's going to happen is it'll grow fuller, not because I have more hair growing. It's the same amount of hair. It's because if you don't use product, your beard dries out, and like cracks just split ends just like your normal oh, hair yeah, does if you have yeah. long hair well i use the soap like i've got the this the beard soap he sent us i use that in my beard mm -hmm. whenever i take a shower clean that out and then immediately throw some oil in it yeah um and the cool thing about this scent compared to the other ones is my wife loves this yeah it smells like a mocha like a yeah dark she mocha said or she something. said it smells kind of like coffee popcorn yeah coffee yeah popcorn. i could see it. it's got a like a sweet mm twang to it in my opinion yeah but i do want to say thank you to outdoor beard absolutely for sponsoring today's episode and outdoorbeards.com if y'all want to buy what whatever beer products lip balm um soap mustache wax mustache hunter, wax hunter yeah mustache hunter. wax <laughs> he does have a big mustache oh dude he can he can do some good mustache growing yeah yeah pretty impressive but thank you to backdoor uh backcountry beards i can't <laughs> outdoor even do I, outdoor beards. beards i'm just like out of it today thank you to outdoor beards for sponsoring the show uh you guys are awesome matthew treese great guy uh yeah. great company yeah so just been asked what uh what new gear are you thrilled about having jeremiah i think my favorite piece of new gear is probably going to be a tie between this Nemo Alpine I got that I continue to test because it did keep me warm, very warm at that 35 degree temperature when we were at the gorge yeah. last. Uh, and also, I have been trying to stay away from taking a fleece with me, but I bought a new fleece mm -hmm. and it, it's a Patagonia. It's nice, man. Yes, it's I got, like that thing. It's fleece on the inside, and it's like a standard quarter zip on the outside, and it's got a little pocket on the chest. Now, Patagonia, they make expensive stuff, but it was on sale, Yep, and they make great stuff even though it costs so much. But I'm like, I have it. I'm going to take it on this trip. What do you call it, Patagucci? Patagucci, yeah, because it costs so much. Yeah. But sometimes it's worth it. Like I have one of their hats. It's fleece lined and then wool on the outside. Yeah. It's so warm. But it's probably a tie between that fleece and the Alpine. I took the fleece. Sometimes I tell people, don't take a fleece. You know, you can layer with a base layer, yeah. a camp shirt, and you can have your puffy and a rain jacket. And that'll probably keep you pretty warm. Yeah, absolutely. If you have all that layered. Yeah. But I took the fleece. 
I was happy I took the fleece. Dude, that fleece was nice, man. Yeah. That was real. It's got a great question on here. Okay. Throw us out here. At what temperature do you switch from a three-quarter underquilt to full length? Well, I would say... Um, now, have you ever used a three-quarter? I would never use a three-quarter. Now, Hunter, he can comment on this because he uses a three-quarter. I've piece. got a three-quarter also. I'll, I've got a three-quarter. It's a Costco quilt. Now, how many degrees would you take that down to even just being a three-quarter? Probably in the 60s, like low 60s, upper 50s, I probably would. Now, uh, much past that, probably not because um, that's just me. I, right. I personally wouldn't do that um, because I have a 40-degree underquilt yeah, so from UGQ. So, I mean, once it gets below 60, but in the hot summer. The hot summer, it may be great. Doing the hot summer, it's incredible because it doesn't overheat you at all. And it's super comfortable. Um, and when it's hot, I kind of like for my feet to have a little cool. Like, I don't always sleep with the the covers over my feet when it's warm out. Mm-hmm. So to be able to kind of let my feet out and they're still staying warm, they're, they're able to be cooled down a little bit. I don't yeah. have that under quilt still radiating heat up. Yeah. It's kind of nice. So, I mean, in, in hot summer weather, like I used actually uh, Jeremy – from Midwest Backpacker, uh-huh. uh, he hooked me up with a Costco quilt this last year, and I used it all summer long. Is that the three quarter? Yeah, I used yeah. it all summer long. I loved it, dude. Did a great job. But after it gets, after it starts getting chilly, where you need to be wearing more clothes, anyways, mm-hmm. uh, I won't. Like, yeah. I choose it hot summer nights, and that's about it for me. So. I, yeah, I can I can see exactly where you're coming from. I would probably use it in the summer, but I hadn't really thought of that. Typically, I would just said, like what I said before, I don't use a three-quarter. I haven't – my thing is, is, if I think I might be cold, then I go with something that's going to keep me warm just in well, case. And you get cold easy, too. Like yeah. We've talked about this before. You lost 100 pounds, mm-hmm. and then when, after you lost 100 pounds, you lost all of your insulation. Yeah, and, uh, so it's my, my body struggles to regulate its temperature. So yeah. what I'll, I even done this whenever we went to the gorge is I took my puffy and I zipped it up and stuck my legs in it inside my sleeping bag yeah. just for a little extra and then threw some hot hands in there next to my feet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'll keep cool. you warm. Check this out. We've got a few Patagucci comments coming up here. <laughs> uh, About how expensive and overpriced Here we is. go. Patagucci has the best hiking shirts without collars. The best hiking shirts without collars. That's interesting. Yeah, what does that look like? Got another one. I just ordered the Patagucci Adam Sling for EDC. Excited to try that out. What's an Adam Sling? Uh, it says EDC, so I'm wondering. An everyday carry. The everyday item. carry, yeah. Um, here's another question. Still loving the Ohm 2.0. Ever consider the Raven 40 liter from Hilltop Packs? If not, why? Yeah, I. I love the Ohm 2.0. I just took it out last week. Mm-hmm. And I keep trying other backpacks, but I keep coming back to the Ohm. Um, I know we've talked about this before, but we've got backpacks coming soon from uh, Chicken Tramper, mm-hmm. which we're both real excited about that. And Outdoor Vitals. And Outdoor Vitals. we got some coming from Outdoor Vitals, so I'll try those out. But so far, man, like the Ohm 2.0 is kind of my favorite. Like I just really enjoy it. Yeah, because you tried the Osprey as well. Yeah, I've got an Osprey you like Atmos. like the Ohm better. I like the Ohm better than the Osprey Atmos. Um yeah, I, I, just for me, for the way I like to backpack, the Ohm is just a great backpack. And the uh, as far as the Hilltop Packs bag, uh, Ben and I have talked about something with that, and we may have something in the works over the next year. We'll see. Uh, it it all depends on me. Let's just put it that way. It's all it's all in my hands as to whether or not that happens. Ben's, so I've I've got my hands on one of Ben's packs because um, I was you know we were backpacking with him. Yeah, 
and this was before COVID, actually. Yeah. We were backpacking. He was, he was already making these Raven 40 liters, and he showed us this one, and uh, he took it out on its maiden voyage, and I absolutely loved how if you look at the side of the backpack, you know, you have a water bottle pouch, just like any normal backpack, but above that, you have extra storage. Yeah. And so somebody made me a backpack, actually, and I was like, can you please put an extra pocket above the water pouch? Yeah, because you had that this past week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that looked great. So I love that. And the where I got the idea from was from Hilltop Packs. Yeah. 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 I really like the packs. I mean, it's super light. It's super light. My problem is I'm not crazy about, about frameless. Yeah. I'm just not crazy about it because there's certain things I like to take with me that will probably forever keep me from actually being ultralight. It's different and, depending on the time of year and the gear you take. Yeah, it really is. And so, like, I don't know. I don't know. Ben and I are, are talking. Like, something yeah. something could work out here in the next year. We'll see what happens. But that, I, I do think they're fantastic backpacks. Oh, yeah. Ben does quality work. He's famous for his food bags. He prints, yeah. prints everything on food bags. Dude, it's amazing the stuff he comes up with. Now, for, for the frameless, um, that was the first trip that I've taken a frameless on that one that yeah. we went on. Well, you're, that's the lowest your base weight has ever been on a trip. I know we weighed all of our packs and I want to say this, I'm going to say this for you because <laughs> we weighed our packs and for I the brought... first time since the three of us have gone together on trips, yeah. Jeremiah, you, me and Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir, you had the lightest pack. Yeah. Fully by was, four pounds. Yeah. It was wet too. It was ready to roll. It this was, was food. That was four water. pounds by four pounds. I was, I came in at 26 pounds. Mm -hmm. You came in at 22, 22, five. I think and, it was. And Jason came in at like 28, five. Yeah. But he lived in luxury. Oh he yeah, in, he did. Yeah. But we both slept on the ground. I didn't. Well, Jason and I. Yeah. But we I was, slept on the ground. I was lighter than Jason and I had a hammock. Yeah. It all depends on what you yeah. bring. You so, can do like Hunter. His his loadout is really light with the hammock. Oh yeah, you yeah. can do it. But I think if I I think it's got a hundred and eighty pound weight limit on that <laughs> on that netting material, the monolite. You gotta see this question. Okay, are you going to change the logo now that Jeremiah has betrayed the Brotherhood of Beards? Hey, <laughs> what the heck, Casey? <laughs> Calling me out like that? Yeah, John and I actually have been talking about that, and. I don't know. Maybe we can put hair on my head or something. Yeah. If you're listening, if you're listening right now, we're on the live stream and uh, we have the backpacking podcast logo and it's John and I both with beards and glasses. Yeah. But I shaved my beard. It, it is growing like straight up growing back out though. Oh yeah. It's it already like you, you have, you have a beard already. Like it's just not nearly as impressive as it was. I know it a takes short time, time ago. Well, I got mine trimmed, so I mean, mine mine definitely came down about an inch. Yeah, in length, it looks great though. Well, I grew mine poorly, like oh, you were talking earlier. Like, mm -hmm. um, if you're gonna grow a beard out, yeah, you, you don't shave under behind it. You don't do that. Yeah. If you shave in behind it, you're shaving the part that keeps it looking full. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know this, so I was I was cleaning my neck off underneath the beard as I was growing it out. And what was happening was it looked super like scraggly and like there was no fullness yeah. to it. Like I couldn't actually grow a beard, but I was trying real hard. Uh -huh. And uh, so I started growing the stuff underneath it. And now if you look at it, you don't see all through it and it, right. it looks it's full. Cool. It's growing the way it's supposed to. So I asked my barber about this. I got a, a haircut like the same week that I shaved my beard. And I was like, Hey man, I'm thinking about growing this back out and uh, I'm going to take a picture every day. 
and I have been. Yeah. And I was like, how can I make this look at least semi-professional? Because I have I have a legit real job. Yeah. And I yeah. can't just go in there looking like a bum, even though I was before, I guess, technically. <laughs> <laughs> it got scraggly. So he said, shave your neck until you can't see it, and then don't shave it anymore. Because like you said, you'll be able to see yeah. through your beard because it won't look as full. Yeah, and then you can trim it back to make it match up like I did. Yeah, yeah. Because that's that's really what it was. It wasn't cutting the length of the beard. It was just getting the the front part to match up to the back mm-hmm. so that it didn't look bad. And plus, uh, it's funny. I got my first haircut in 10 years. Yeah, it looked great, man. Cause, now cause, you're wearing a hat. Yeah, because I don't like hair. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't like hair. But <laughs> I don't like hair on my head. I don't need hair. Hair's, hair's, for, hair's for other people, <laughs> not me for me. But like for the past five years, mm-hmm. since 2016, I've just been cutting my hair off like all the way. Yeah, buzz it. Yeah, because I, I got a really high hairline, and I was started losing hair because I was in my 40s, and this is what happens to men a lot of times. And so I, I started cutting my hair off all the time. Well, as we got into COVID, and then my family got it right as I was going to get my hair cut again, mm-hmm. um, I noticed that hair was growing back where it wasn't before. Yeah. So if I think the 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 key thing to take away from this is if you're trying to grow your hair back, go backpacking. Yeah. That makes your hair grow back. Or get COVID. Or get COVID. Maybe COVID caused you to grow hair abnormally. Yeah, it just took like six months. <laughs> it probably wasn't the COVID. It probably wasn't the COVID. <laughs> but no, so, so I got actually, I got an actual haircut and trimmed the beard down nice for my wife because she puts up with me and I like for her to be happy. So yeah, got it all trimmed up and cleaned up for her. So uh, Hunter said those CTUG packs are going to be super nice. Yes. I'm hoping so. They I, are. I can't wait to get my hands on them. And we mentioned this in a previous episode that they're made. Their frames are made out of um, the carbon fiber arrow Sheep. shafts. shafts. Yeah, yeah, shafts. Mm-hmm. Which so, is pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's like a hybrid frame, frameless, semi-frame ish type deal. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and then you've got just walking. I'll be rocking the Jacks are better three quarter length next month. Should get down to the teens on a three quarter length. Wow! Wow! I know some moose, people. Moose Squatch is a tough dude. Some people wear their socks, and of course, you have your sleeping bag around you, and then only your feet may be sticking out on the three quarter. Yeah, and they'll put their like Z seat or something like that under their feet. That, or maybe if you have like some down booties or something. Yeah, but I just don't want to have to worry about it. That's why I go with the full length. Of course, at the same time, if you've got if you've got the down booties and you're wearing a quilt that's like got a sewn foot box, uh-huh. it might not be too bad. But under you, I know. I think that I would get cold. Right, but it's different. For you different would get people. cold. Yeah, sometimes I'll just wear two pairs of socks anyway. Oh, I know. I know. We just got told we're like two old ladies talking in the salon. Thanks, Mark. (laughs) Mark. Thanks, Mark. I know. That's why people listen, man. We're two old ladies in a salon. Maybe that should be our new logo. (laughs) Two old ladies with beards. That should be our new logo. That would be awesome. So what does Jimmy say here? He says, uh, being that you and the Bearded Wonder are hammock guys, what's your go-to tent when you do use one? I go for the MSR Elixir 2 personally. Oh, that's a good question. I'll let you go first. Your go-to tent, even though you have it in a while. Man, I don't even know if I have a go-to tent. I know the tent I have mm-hmm. that I've used the most is uh, my Fly Creek UL2 mm-hmm. from uh, from uh, Big Agnes. I don't like it, though. It's just that I have it. It's like it's got the front door in it, and it feels like you're getting out of a doghouse. That's the one I slept in. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, a little tight. You barely fit. Yeah, it's <laughs> a little tight if you're tall. You're way too tall. Yeah, yeah. If you're tall. But the... 
Well, the nice thing about it is, is the way it sits, you don't have it like in your face. Like the tent's yeah. not in your face when you're when you're laying down, which is nice. But man, that front door is awful. That's a deal breaker for me, man. I hated that, but it weighs like right at about two pounds. Yeah. So it's it's super lightweight. It's uh and it's freestanding. Semi freestanding, yeah. Semi freestanding. You still semi. have to stake out the foot end. Oh, okay, yeah. But it's like I don't like it. I mean, I use it because it's what I've got. I did buy a Sierra Design Sweet Sweet mm-hmm. to use out in Utah, but then that can that trip got canceled last spring because of COVID. Yeah, and where we were going you couldn't hammock. I know you had to use a tent, so I yeah. went ahead and picked that tent up and I'd still like to try it at some point, but to try it means I don't use my hammock. It's okay to try different it's, things, man. But it means I wouldn't use my hammock. And so, like... <laughs> you ride or die on the hammock it, well, now. It, it's, well, here's the thing, man. Here's the thing. If if you're sitting there and you got a filet mignon in front of you and a chicken breast... Yeah. That chicken breast may be a great chicken breast, but there's a filet mignon. they got different roles, man. It, it does not matter. What if you're like Hunter and don't eat red meat? Well, then he wouldn't want either one of them anyways. So so yeah. that doesn't matter. For for him, it's like, I don't even know what he eats. Like He ate salmon on our last trip. Did he eat salmon? Yeah, and the tear-off packets like the tuna, except his was salmon. So Hunter, like what do you eat, up. man? Like, <laughs> yeah. leave a message and let us know what you eat, because I'm curious about this, because he did have some really interesting food when we went to uh, Grayson Highlands. Probably some quinoa or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it all looked good. Yeah. It's I remember very anti-red meat. I remember he got out his food bag. And he, I think, handed it to me or something. He's like, I was like, is this everything you're going to eat the whole time we're here? Like, his whole food bag was lighter than my snacks for the first day. Dude, his whole backpack is lighter than my tent. You know? know, like, the dude is an amazing, like, he really is a major leaguer when it comes to ultralight. ultralight. I mean, there it's is, impressive. There is an equilibrium, though, in the ultralight and the comfort. And then you're it right. It gets to a point where you're like, for me, anyway, yeah, I'm like I'm not com- at least comfortable enough to be out here doing this, especially if it puts my safety at risk. I can't go across that line. Yeah, but yeah. I'll tell what my tent is. Okay, unless you got another one. He only eats whole foods, whole foods and fish. Yeah, and he's a healthy guy. He is. He's in fantastic shape. He can. He's a he's a billy goat when he hikes. We're gonna see. We're gonna see on this trip if he he can bust out the miles. Yeah, we'll see. I'll find out. I'll, I'll watch the video. We'll see what we do. May have to talk about it on a on a podcast. Hey, there we go. So okay, so um, my wife did want to chime in and say my my beard is much better now. She likes it better. She likes it. Yeah, which yeah. that's always a good thing. Happy wife, happy, happy life. life. That's exactly. what they say. So Casey just said, Jeremiah, I appreciate you so much more because you said my name right. Nothing <laughs> but love. I binged the podcast episodes of World at Work, but now I'm binging the live streams on YouTube. You guys rock. That's hey, awesome. There we go. Thank you, Casey. No problem. That's really cool. So. So your favorite tent? My favorite tent, um, the my go-to tent. I don't know if it's my favorite. Yeah, is... real quick. We'll see you, Mark. He's going back to work. All right, see you, Mark. So much love, bro. So my favorite tent, or my go-to tent, is the Lunar Solo by Six Men's Designs. A couple things I like about it. It's a great tent. Yeah, it it weighs less than two pounds. Um, if you want, you can use your trekking pole as the support. And it has two pullouts, so you can use the other trekking pole and a stick for the pullouts. And it has this pullout on the side that gives you a bunch of extra space next to your sleeping pad. Okay. And then it, that's like storage. Yeah. I wish they would put some pockets in there or something, though. There's one pocket next to the zipper, and like it's big enough to put your keys, lip balm, yeah. wallet, but not a whole lot else. Like I'll keep my 
AirPod case in there so I don't lose it while I'm in the tent. Right. And then it has one door on one side. But other than that, it's a pretty good tent. Yeah. Now, if it's not just me going, I'll take that North Face Triarch's 3 because that thing's gigantic. Right. But I took, on the long trail, I took um, Mr. Backpacking with Jason Sir's duplex. And you used it like once. I set it up twice. <laughs> <laughs> now, I used it once That's out of necessity. Right. Because the right. shelter... Dude, some of those shelters suck so bad. I don't I won't stay in shelters. Oh, I loved I love staying in the shelters because I found a trail family. Like we all came together and we got right. to hang out. And then everybody goes to bed early anyway because you've hiked all day. Yeah, yeah. Hiker midnight's but, at nine. Yeah. So as soon as it was dark, everybody's going to sleep yeah. and you're getting up the next day. But the for those watching, it was like this, man. Oh. Like that. You see that angle? Yeah. It, this that shelter was, the was shelter, so bad. The shelter was off. Not the whole shelter. There, there are bunk beds in there, so you can lay, <laughs> you could sleep eight people in that shelter. So let me. <laughs> so the bunk bed was crooked. Was it toward the wall or away from the wall? Let me paint a picture for you, my oh, friend. Oh, paint this picture, okay. man! I'm ready to see this. I could even show you a picture later. So this shelter was the first or second shelter that we passed on the long trail. I think it might have been the second night. Yeah. But it was only like 12 miles in because you got to do the approach trail. Right. We stayed at this shelter, and you're facing it. It's like a, a two or three step up, floorboards. On each side, there's bunk beds, and you have like 30 inches, 30 inches, and there's like a uh, like a support beam in between. And then there's a platform right above it. So you have one at seat level, and then one that you had to climb up to. Exact same thing on the other side of the shelter inside. Yeah. And then in the middle, there's a, a table built into the wall with benches on each side. So you can eat dinner and that kind of thing. Right. Right. Well, here's the problem. The I, I wasn't real fast, and the guy that I had started the trip with, um, he was only able to do like six-ish miles or so the first day right. and the second day. And I was like, I have a deadline to meet. Like, I need to be back by this date. So we're going to have to pick up the pace. I can't do six six miles every day. Like, we need to get in some mileage. Right. And we get there a little later since we're going such low mileage and so slow. And so the bunk that I was stuck with, it was like off kilter, you know, by at least a few degrees. That can be a big deal. There was another shelter we slept in, and I got a level spot, and pretty much the trail mom of the family her name is Nurse Ratchet. She had to sleep on an incline, and so I don't remember what we ate, but whatever she ate didn't settle with her, and it was sitting where her feet were higher, and it was sitting. Oh, so like, it's like in a hammock where you have to go to the bathroom more because your feet are up a little higher. Well, it was sitting like you, like the yeah. stomach acid was yeah, going yeah, up yeah, toward yeah. her throat. Dude, she woke up, puked, oh. uh, puked right off the edge of the world. And you didn't give her your bed. No, you I beat her to the shelter, bro. Not a first come, first serve. She's she's the mom. Don't you take well, care of your mom? Yeah, I guess so. Mom has to come first, dude. Yeah, she's a trail mom. That's different Gosh, than a real mom. No, no. Anyway, you call someone mom. They got to come first. Well, I never called her mom. She, I said she's like the trail mom. That's not good enough. Rewind the tape. <laughs> Rewind <laughs> the tape to see what I said. No, I I really what I like to do whenever I get to those shelters is my sleeping pad. Um, I'll set it up in the far left corner. Yeah. Unless there's drafts going over that way. And yeah. And then I'll go the other side. 
So I'll set it up over there because the zipper on my sleeping bag, if I'm looking down at it and the head's up here, the foot's closest to me, Yeah. the zipper is on my right side. So if I'm laying inside the sleeping bag, it's on my left side. Okay. So it matters where I put my sleeping bag because I have to crawl in it. And if I'm against a wall, I can't crawl into the sleeping bag very conveniently. So I'm always trying to be first to the shelter and get that first spot that I want. But some people don't like that And spot. let mom throw up. Well. You let mom throw up. That man. was on her. She was she was like that day. But it it's wasn't. Mom. It wasn't mom. It was Nurse Ratchet. Nurse Ratchet, the mom. Yeah. You 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 let nurse mom die, but she was only like thirty three, so she couldn't she couldn't have been. Well, you were only mom. like twenty seven. Yeah, so there's not much age difference there. She's still your mom, dude. She took care of us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at this! Look at this! Chivalry is dead while on trail. <laughs> yeah, trail rules are different. It's cutthroat out on the trail. <laughs> You're why, tripping people to get to the shelter. And that's oh, why I'm kidding. not sleeping in a shelter. Never sleep in a shelter. Dude, I'm telling you, shelter life isn't bad unless there's mice, snoring, or people you don't like. If it's with just a group, like a lot so, of those. So here's the thing. What? If I'm in there, it's guaranteed to be snoring. Yeah. If I'm in there, and I've never seen a shelter without mice. Actually, I don't think I've ever seen a shelter without snoring. I always wore your place. Yeah, it's like, but I can get a hammock that's not hard on the ground or in a old bunk bed. Yeah, that's hanging between two trees, and I sleep better than in my own bed. Yeah, but I didn't and, have a hammock. But I do. I know. And so I'm never. I dude. I'm gonna. But keep I didn't. That. I that's didn't. gonna be something I'm gonna try and keep alive for a long time. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I really like not sleeping in a. But in that. Shelter. Let me tell you this though. You say that you don't want to sleep in a shelter, but I'm telling you, if you hike 20 miles in the rain all day and you have to set that tent up in the rain and then pack it up wet the next day, whenever you could just get in the shelter and change clothes and put out your pad, dude, it makes it so hard to want to set the tent up. Oh, that's the whole point of this whole thing I was talking about. I took the duplex and I set it up. Yeah. I slept in it the second night because we were at that shelter. Uh huh. And then I set it up the first night, but... The guy I was backpacking with and me were the only ones at the shelter that night at all. Yeah? There was three other people, but they set up tents out around the shelter. Because they're smarter than you. Well, maybe. Here's the thing. That you set be. up a tent. I set up the tent. And didn't and then, use it. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I set up the tent and didn't use <laughs> the it. look on your face right now is fantastic. Now, it's just very much a matter of fact, yes. I did. I did that. And I also found that that tent had a rip in it. Whenever I set it up. So I'm glad I set it up that day. I had to use Dyneema tape to... Jay, you tore Jason's tent? No. It was... You I had never... Oh, is Jason still in here? I had never slept in it. He knows. I told him I told him while we were on the trip, I was like, hey, bro, I got some bad news. I was like, this... I was like, I repaired it. It's, you know, Dyneema tape is stronger than the oh, Dyneema. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was like two knife slits, each like... I don't know, half an inch to an inch long. They're right above each other. I was like, I don't know what happened, but I assume it was like this yeah. whenever I got it, but I'll buy you a new one if you want. Yeah. But I didn't really have $600 burning a hole in my pocket for a duplex. So I'm going to tell you what. What? The tent I want to try, mm -hmm. and you know this because we've talked about it, I want to try the Gossamer Gear, the two, the yeah, DCF2. The, the DCF2. I want to try one of those. Yeah. It's it's kind of like the duplex, um, but... I'm just interested. I'm just interested in it. I'm glad you brought that up because um, Gossamer gear, 
they they actually offered to send us a DCF one, but I think it's going to be too small for me. So, and you want yeah. the two? Yeah, I, they, I don't use I don't use one person tents. Right, and that was just for testing too. That yeah, wasn't, wasn't yeah, for just to try it key. out. These companies, I know I've mentioned this before, but these companies will send you stuff if you like have podcast or YouTube or stuff. But sometimes it's strictly for testing. Like they have an inventory, and they're like, okay, I can send it to you for a month. You have to send it back. I can send it to somebody else because. That's getting the word out about their gear, and it's giving them feedback on if the gear works. Well, and that was that's how it was for me with Zolio. Mm-hmm. Zolio was a company that I contacted and said, "I'm curious about your communicator." Right. So they sent me a review version mm-hmm. and said, "Check it out." And then, uh, when do you think you'll be done with it? I told them. They said, "Okay, then send it back when you're yeah. done." And uh, just worked out that we got along really well, and I became an ambassador of the mm-hmm. company, and and for good reason. I I chose to become an ambassador for the company because I believe right. in the product. And a lot of times with companies, if that's what happens, then you can work something out there. But a lot of times you just try it out, see what try you think, out. and you send it back. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Some people get really up in arms about, um, like, people that are quote-unquote influencers, which I th- feel like every influencer hates the word influencer. They're like, oh, that just sounds dirty coming out of my mouth. But people will get up in arms that, like, companies will send you stuff. But that's like free advertising for the company, so they they would be dumb not to send stuff out to different people. Right. And I I really think that I don't want to toot our own horn or anything here. I just say let the record show that this stuff is hard. YouTube, being successful on no, YouTube, yeah, yeah. being successful at any content creation, any art form, anything like that, it's hard. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't see a whole lot wrong with it. But I do want to say... Uh, well, you, the only way you're going to be able to find out about gear is to either, one, buy it, mm-hmm. two, have it given to you, or have it as a loaner yep. so that you can try it out because you can't even give a review if you don't use it. Right. So, I mean, somehow you're going to have to get it. I don't know how much money you make on YouTube, but I don't make enough to keep buying gear to no. test everything out. No. It's just not enough. Yeah. Hunter Hunter's Trip says the, the Gossamer Gear 1 and the 2 are fantastic in the new DCF models, but anyone over 6'1 might be tight. Yeah, and I'm 6'3", so I feel like my head and feet will touch. But they did send those um, those trekking poles, and those things were so light. Yeah. I actually like the – now, normally I don't like the twist um, trekking poles yeah. at all because I'm afraid they'll untwist, and then I'll actually have an injury because it'll collapse while I'm putting weight on it. Right. I like the flick locks better. Yeah. But I, I was impressed with them because I think both of those trekking poles weighed the same as one of my trekking mm-hmm. poles. What? Um, I can't remember what they're called. Can you look it up? The gossamer gear here? trekking poles? Yeah. They now we weighed them and I think they were ten ounces. Right. And that was the same, like you're saying, that's the same as like one do you have aluminum or carbon fiber black diamonds? My mine are aluminum. Okay. So that was like the ten ounce both of them, ten ounce total, was the same weight as one aluminum black diamond. These are the uh the T L T five. LT fives and they have these ones. Yeah, they have the cork handle. They're not paying me to say this, you know, but they I liked them. They had the twist locks. They had cork handles, which I I do not like rubber handle trekking poles. Right, right. Because my hands will sweat, but the cork will absorb it. But there is like a a downside to them right here. Yeah, got a chance to check those out. That's it. So the cork. The cork handles, sometimes animals will gnaw on that, though, because they taste the sweat. Yeah. So you have to be careful, like squirrels, chipmunks, that kind of thing. If your yeah. trekking poles are just laying around, sometimes you get out of your tent the next day and 
Like the handle be chewed up. That's why I've tried to practice no hygiene whatsoever when I'm out in the backcountry. So I smell so <laughs> awful. Animals won't even want my sweat. You're what? The, the only hygiene is he puts beard balm in. That's all I do. Beard. So I smell like <laughs> popcorn, coffee, and <laughs> grossness like the rest of the time. So, so yeah, I like. I'm gonna keep using the Gosling Gear trekking poles. Yeah, they were they were pretty impressive. Yeah, I, I still like my black diamonds. I, I I've told people mm-hmm. for a long time I'm not worried about the weight on those as much no because you're carrying them in your hands yeah and so it doesn't really bother me too much and i love the ones i have are the pro shocks uh-huh. and a lot of people don't like those but i really like them they're, they're really easy on your wrists mm-hmm. when you're carrying them the only negative is they have foam handles yeah if they made the version i've got right now with cork handles i would mm-hmm. think those are the best trekking poles on the face of the planet cork handles are the way to go and you so Gossamer Gears, they're if you're willing to pay for the money, you'll get a quality product and it'll be light. Yeah, right. Now, if you want a more budget friendly, if that's not in your budget, because those things are not just like, hey, I'm beginning backpacking, I'm going to buy some trekking poles. You're not probably not going to spend that much money. Yeah. But if you're if you're worried about the weight, I would get those. Yeah. But if you want something that's more budget friendly, those Cascade Mountain Techs. Oh yeah. That are on Amazon. Foxelli. Like, Foxelli's another company that does mm-hmm. some really good inexpensive under, ones. Under fifty bucks, carbon fiber. Yeah. Cork handles, a little bit heavier. Yeah. But not as heavy as aluminum. Yeah. That's a good budget friendly. If you don't want to go with Black Diamond or some of the higher name yeah. brand stuff. Well, I know the Black Diamonds I got, I got in 2015. Mm-hmm. It's 2020. I'm still using them. Yeah. And they've been through it. I mean, they've had the crap kicked out of them like <laughs> they've they've been on almost every trail i've hiked right. um for a while there i tried tra- uh, tack niner sent me some carbon ones yeah they're all right but they started to click like mm. the they were the z poles mm. so and, is that the ones that had the cord inside yeah yeah, yeah. some people love those some people love them but uh, mine for some reason i don't know if the the cord got stretched or what but it didn't hold as tight, and so it clicked every time I would set it down, and it got uh-huh. really annoying. And it also made me nervous that the, the structural integrity of it wasn't probably the best. Yeah. So, but that's a budget. That's a more budget friendly. Yeah, option. forty bucks. Forty bucks, and they yeah they weighed about what your your Gossamer gear ones weigh. Wow, they're really light. Um, everyday backpacker said animals will also chew on rubber handles. Oh, he I didn't know that. By a porcupine. I saw a porcupine way up on top of a mountain. I will stay away from the porcupines. Pines. Yeah, porcupines, especially if you got a dog that gets into a porcupine. One of the couples that was on the long trail with, their dog got into a porcupine while they were on trail. Yeah, they had yeah. to pack it out, cut the trip, get a ride into oh, town. Oh, yeah. They'll mess you up. Porcupines yeah, are no joke. Well, the the barbs are, are curled at the end, so they they go in really well, oh, but then they it's kind of like, like a fish hook. hook. It's like a fish hook. So I don't think we have porcupines here. If we do, I'm not going anywhere near one. I haven't seen one in Kentucky. I don't think that we have them here. But they yeah. definitely had them in Vermont because I saw one with my own two nights. Dude, eyes. they got them in Canada. You know why I know that? Why? Alone. Oh, did they eat one? Dude, I watched, yeah, like the last season, season seven, I think, was the last season of Alone. And the girl that came in second place. No spoilers, bro. I'm not caught up. Come on, spoiler alert. They, la, ate la, por- la, la. they ate porcupines. There. I said that. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay, so Jim Hendricks said in Jeremiah's last video, he mentioned some insoles that you're working with. Can you share some infos on those? Yeah, I can share some info on those because I, I really like them. Um, it's a company called Tread Labs, and um, I reached out to them, I guess it was about a year ago, and just saw, just kind of got on their website and saw some stuff about them. Uh, the founder of Tread Labs is the guy who founded Chaco's. 
A lot of people don't know that. So mm, Chaco sandals. Chaco sandals. A lot of people use those as um, uh, camp shoes. And hiking sandals. Some people hike in them. So yeah, yeah. a lot of people hike in them. But uh, Tread Labs was founded by the guy who created Chacos. And uh, they're just really good insoles. And they were coming out with this new set of insoles for people that do hiking and uh, adventuring and that kind of stuff. And so I contacted them and uh, asked about them. And then I was in Avant Link, which is where we do a lot of our affiliate marketing and stuff like that for YouTubers and things like that, and noticed that they had an affiliate program. Mm-hmm. Got on the affiliate program. They sent me some insoles to try. So I tried them for a couple months and really liked them and asked if it would be okay if I did a giveaway. Yeah. So I did a giveaway on my channel, and I've given away probably at this point – I'll bet I've given away like six pairs of those things. Yeah. And for Christmas this year, they just, oh, not Christmas, I guess it was in, as it started to get first to get cold. Uh huh. They sent me just a random pair of free insoles that were like, uh, kind of like the insides of, of house shoes. Mm. That really soft, uh, almost like wool type material yeah. on the insole. And they're really nice. They sent me those for free. I'm always kept in contact with them just because, uh, they're a lot like Zolio for me. They're a company I believe in. Like I actually like the product a lot. And mm. so um, they've helped me with my knees, my back, my ankles, my feet, obviously. And uh, definitely been a good company. So, I mean, you can check them out. They're pretty good. Let's talk about insoles for just a second because I have a gripe with insoles. Okay. Real quick before we do that, there okay. was one other comment, and I wanted to make sure I got it in here because I thought it was pretty ingenious. Okay. Idea. Make your own. This is we're talking about trekking poles at the time. Yeah, what's up, Mark? From an old pair of broken golf club shafts. Super light, inexpensive. The only cons is fixed length and non collapsing. Yeah, that would be lightweight. I don't know if you golf. I used to. I've never been golfing. I used to, and then I didn't have enough money to keep doing it. (laughs) Um, Expensive hobby. Oh, it's an expensive hobby. (laughs) But golf club shafts are light. My dad used to make golf clubs. Yeah. And man, those those carbon shafts are light, man. You're probably you could probably make trekking poles those, and they'd weigh like four or five ounces. Yeah, if you don't have if you don't golf, you can also cut a stick. There is that. Yeah, it's not as light as the carbon golf shaft. Some but. people don't like that because it's not leave no trace. <laughs> in the woods I grew up in, though, you're like ah. Well, you're leaving no trace of that stick if you take it home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So pretend I never said that. The so the the. Insoles, the inserts, right? You take yeah. out the factory little floppy foam, whatever that they stick in there. Yeah, they all seem to do it. It offers no support, which that could be good for some people if they have like really flat feet and it hurts them to have an arch yeah. support. Yeah. But the other day, I went in um, our closet at the house, and Bridget's like, "Are you gonna ever get rid of these?" old inserts like what are you talking about and i looked in the top of the closet i had like six pairs of inserts from the last two years stuck up there really i go through them bro and i was like yeah i'll throw them away and as i threw them in the trash i was like there goes two hundred dollars like inserts are expensive yeah they now are. i deal with a lot of plantar fasciitis being a teacher i'm always walking around the classroom and those floors are concrete right and we I were talking a, about that today earlier yeah, yeah. I have a fatigue mat up front, just like you'd have like in a factory or something, something right. that's going to, or at a, a cash like register. a rubber mat that gives you some soft stuff mm-hmm. to walk on. But the inserts cost so much. Whenever I was on the long trail, I needed a new pair of inserts because a weekend, mine was just falling apart and I was duct taping them together. But mine are by Pinnacle. They're called Pinnacle Power Steps. They're falling apart because I don't think they're really made to go through mud and stay wet. 
they're just not made for that. And yeah. I was pushing them. So I was like, I really need to get some new ones. So I was looking at super feet and it was really hard to find them on the trail because I needed 15s and you kind of got to order that. Yeah, you have small feet. Tiny feet. So a lot of them had 14s, but I needed yeah. 15s. Yeah. And I was like, man, these super feet are just a piece of plastic. And this cost me, what, 40, 50 bucks for these. I couldn't pull the trigger. I hiked the whole thing with duct tape together inserts. Oh, man. And I threw them away once I got done. Yeah. Didn't even take them. They smelled. It was the worst smelling oh. foot odor. <sighs> threw them away, didn't fly home with them. Oh, yeah. I don't blame you. No. But my gripe with inserts is they, they're very expensive. I looked at getting some with my insurance. And it was still $300 to get them, like, molded wow, for your foot. that's expensive. I went and I, like, went for the appointment and everything. And they're like, it's going to cost 300 bucks. Your insurance paid this much. It's going to cost $300 to get custom molded ones. I was like, how long do they last? And they're like, about four months. And I was like, I can't afford. I could buy a new pair Three of shoes. Three times a year? That's like 900 bucks. I was like, I could buy a new pair of shoes every month this year and not spend what I'm going to spend on inserts this year if I'm going to pay $300 every few months. Can't afford it, man. No. Dude, check this out. Uh, Glenn Ops Outside said, Tread Labs are like walking on clouds. I like them better than any Superfeet I've tried. Thanks for the tip, JK. No, Superfeet has like a bunch of different ones. So does Tread Labs, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they both do. Uh, I saw like most of them were blue whenever I was looking on the long trail. Yeah. But I think the different colors are color-coded for different either arch heights or something like that. Yeah. Well, the thing is, too, um, with... With uh, super feet, they've been around so much longer. Yeah. So everybody knows who they are. Yeah. So it's it's hard. Like, certain industries are just hard to get into. Mm-hmm. The fact that Ultra has done what it's done. Yeah. Now, personally, I'm not an Ultra person, mm-hmm. but I fully respect the company and what they've been able to accomplish in a very short amount of time. Yeah. They have become the go-to on for backpackers, it seems like. Yeah, they've done a really good job marketing the Zero Drop stuff. Yeah, they've done a great job. But Zero it. Drop's not new. Like women's flats are zero drop. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Hunter, of course, your feet don't stink with sandals, but after twelve pairs of Ingenji socks destroyed, it <laughs> might have got it might have a cut even once. Hunt, yeah. Hunter's <laughs> toe in the smokies. His toe yeah. was sticking out. He's like, Man, this is the sixth sock I've had to change out. Like, are you just mismatching them at this point? Like, yeah. And this this pair of the left, this pair of the left, this pair of the right. Oh, you know, so sticking out. So funny thing, when I was getting ready to leave for the trip the other day, uh-huh. um, I had packed my bags, everything, or packed my backpack, everything was ready to go. Then I go to put on my socks and realize I had two left feet. I put oh. both the right feet in the in the backpack, oh. and I, I put my clothes down towards the bottom because I don't carry much. Like, I really. All I had in my backpack for clothes uh-huh. was a down beanie, an extra pair of socks, and a pair of tights just in case I might get a little chilly. Yeah. That was it. That's all I carried extra. And so it doesn't weigh half a pound. And so I just threw it down on the bottom of my backpack. So I had to dig through my entire backpack, go down there, get that out, get the matching sock, throw my oh. other sock in there, <laughs> and then put it back in. That's yeah. the only thing about toe socks. That is that is the one negative about toe socks. That's true. You can you got to have up. a right and you got to have a left. I was playing basketball the other day and one of the guys showed up. And whenever you play basketball, if you uh, like play all the time, you normally buy shoes for it. Right, right, and right. And you only wear them on the hardwood, nowhere else, and they last a long time. Yeah, depending on how much you play. He showed up, took his shoes out, <laughs> put the one shoe on. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then the other one was also the left foot. <laughs> Two left feet. Oh, no. Yeah. Had to play in crappy shoes, man. That's awful, no man. Traction. That's awful. So uh just had a really interesting question. UGQ Bandit or Enlightened Equipment Enigma, which one and why? Um, I don't know about the Enigma. I, Enigma. I have a, a revelation quilt. I have a twenty degree revelation by E by Enlightened Equipment. Yeah, I've got and I've got a UG, I've got a UGQ Bandit, a zero degree Bandit, and I love mm. it. And, and honestly, I like the Enlightened Equipment one too, um, but it's an older Enlightened Equipment, so it doesn't have the baffles like the new ones, and it doesn't have the older stuff like the new ones do. Honestly, I think I was talking to. Uh, I think we were talking about it. Yeah, no, I was talking with Brian yesterday. Brian Carpenter, who's going to be on an, ups- an episode coming up, um, or about this. If people are listening, they might have already heard that. They episode. might have already heard that episode. If you're yeah. listening right now, that's true. But um, I, I think that you can't go wrong with either. To be completely honest, yeah, I think it comes down to preference. Um, for me, I like UGQ for multiple reasons. One, I just think they make a high quality product. Every stitch is perfect. Um, they do 130% over stuff. So, or I should say 30% over stuff. Yeah. Um, and so the comfort rating is the comfort rating. It's mm-hmm. not a, it's not a survival rating. It's actual comfort rating. So I really like that. Um, and they have that tensioning system on the sides yeah. of the, of the top quilts, which for me is, is awesome because when you, when you pull that up, it just cinches the the quilt right around your body. Yeah. And so it gets rid of any drafts or anything. And I think for tent campers especially, that's going to be huge. Yeah. Um, hammock campers, I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah, you already yeah. have the underquilt around you. Yeah, I don't, I don't need, like, I've slept in 21 degrees and used that, that top quilt and did not have to use the tensioning on it because yeah. the – the underquilt cups around you anyways. Yeah. And so it's, you're pretty much in a cocoon, but I think in a tent, having that tensioning system is pretty sweet. Um, but again, I think whether it's enlightened equipment, Cedar Ridge outdoors or local Libre or whatever other, you know, company, they all make great stuff right now. It's yeah. really hard to look at any of them and think they're bad. Cause they're not. My vote. Um, I don't have, I've only laid with an enlightened equipment once and, it was actually paired with another underquilt. So I'm not informed enough on their stuff. Yeah. But UGQ, I mean, I'm I'm friends with the owners, so I'm biased, obviously. Yeah. But um, I have two of their underquilts, a top quilt. Should be getting another top quilt soon. And I really liked on their top quilt, they had the button on the bottom so like you can cinch it up comes up that hole mm-hmm. yeah unless, people, unless you get it sewn like some people get them sewn you right. don't need it but for me i kind of like to be able to open up and use this as a big blanket mm-hmm. so i like that snap on the bottom yeah now the the top quilt that that we got for my house um we didn't get the tension system we actually um my wife wanted one and i was like okay well let's buy one from ugq and she wanted a sleeping bag so you can actually put on the custom notes if you want a zipper on there they can add material and put a zipper and you can make it however much you want so you can do sewn in foot box or zip at the foot box right, so right. you can undo it or you can do full zip you know whatever you want to do my vote goes for uh ugq but i haven't tried their bandit um like i said bridget has one of their quilts and i have yeah. two of their under quilts but yeah no i think the bandit's a great quilt i, I really like mine a lot I think it's great. I also like my Revelation quilt. 
Mm. I've been using that for a long time. It's a 20 degree and it's, it did the whole shelter we trace, you know, from beginning to end every single day in a tent. Yeah. Um, in as low as like 35 degrees and as high as 85 degrees, I use that thing. So wow. it's, a, it's a pretty, uh, that's a uh, the, wide range. Yeah. The 20 degree quilt's great because of the, the ability to use it in warmer and colder weather. Because if you don't have the, the foot box sewn, mm. like the enigmas, I believe are all sewn. So I'm kind of not feeling like I'd, it depends on the temperature rating, but if it's a warmer temperature quilt, I definitely don't want that foot box sewn. Yeah. Because if it gets really hot, I want to be able to open it up and kick it off and be right. pretty easy. I don't really want my feet all toasty hot when it's hot outside. You know what Jason does is he takes like a one of the the least warm Costco quilts and he throws that over his sleeping bag or quilt and that takes care of the condensation that settles. Yeah, yeah, he so, does it when he tarp camps. Yeah. So there's a little hack. Let's get a couple more. Yeah. Let's wrap this thing up. Uh, here we go. Sock liners, yes or no? Currently using in Gingy liners with darn tough cushion socks. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny. We just recorded a podcast where we talked about this a little bit. So if you're online listening right now, you may have already heard us talk about this a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I'm an Gingy person. Like darn tough socks have always caused blisters for me. Mm. Um, and so for me, I'm I'm just a darn tough or I'm I'm an Ingingy person. Period. Because we talked about this in the earlier podcast, I have mutant feet and I've got little pinky toes that literally set underneath my ring toes. And so I will get blisters if I don't have some kind of a sock that, that separates those from each other. But what about you? What do you do? Well, for some people, liners cause blisters. Yeah, that's true. So it depends on you. For me, I don't need a sock liner. I've, I've never had blisters and I've, I've used cotton socks. I've used uh, darn tough. I've used smart wool and some off-brand stuff, and I had and I've used in Gingy. I used in Gingy on our last trip and darn tough. So I go no sock liners, but I have done sock liners, um, especially the Gingy ones, whenever it's really cold. Yeah, or, or like around camp, um, if I take those like wool fleece-lined socks, I like a sock liner in there because. Even at home, if I'm wearing a house shoe, my foot like sweats real bad in it. Mm -hmm. So I want a real thin sock to put on. So if I'm going to be chilling around camp and changing into my camp clothes and it's well before bed and I'm just hanging out, I'm, I wear a sock liner then. Yeah, that makes Not sense. Not for hiking, though, for me personally. Yeah. Yeah. I did sock liners for a while, but it didn't seem to really help a whole lot. It's extra gear. I yeah. stopped using gaiters, too. Yeah, I quit like using gators. The foot well gators. Unless I know that where I'm going super dusty, right? Then I'll definitely be wearing them. But if it's mm -hmm. not like gonna be really dusty and it's just a normal hike, I'm I'm kind of not wearing them. <laughs> yeah. Just to be honest. But there's all kinds of terrain too. So like maybe if I was in the desert and I know I'm gonna be walking oh. through sand, that could be a lifesaver. Yeah. But I have I don't know. And you might be using a different kind of gator than just those little light, dirty girl gator type yeah. things. Those are. Those are great, but yeah. if you're in like serious sand uh, or snow, you can wear snow gaiters, yeah, and okay. that will keep you warm. Well, and and those are the same gaiters you'd use. Like, you know, we were talking about Kilimanjaro earlier. When we mm -hmm. came down on our descent, we went through an area that was full of scree, which is just like little pebbles, but they're the size almost of grains of sand. Yeah, and if you don't have those on, your your shoes have been filled with them, just completely yeah. filled with them. And you're gonna shred your feet probably. Oh, I've been miserable. Yeah, yeah. there'd been so much rubbing and everything. You would just been a mess. Yeah. So uh, 
we'll see one more one more thing here. It doesn't look like we have any questions left, but uh, Glenn Ops Outside says, Costco quilts are amazing. My dog uses when we go camping or backpacking. Packs down to nothing. Yeah, Jason so. Wish, he brought two Costco uh, quilts. And genuinely course. regretted it. Yep, he was like, that wasn't warm enough. Yeah. It was 35 degrees. Well, he was using that as an underquilt for 35 degrees, and you just can't cinch up the ends unless you mod it out completely, and yeah. he didn't have it set up for that. No so. draft collars. Oh, man, that's cold, dude. Yeah. That's cold. So, uh, well, man, there's a pop-up live stream for you. <laughs> How about that, <laughs> just, man? Just out of nowhere. We just decided last second, let's just do this. It'll be fun. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We really appreciate you guys listening and, and watching. And if you're online right now, we have some amazing guests coming up. And I think we announced it on our last podcast, so we'll go ahead and announce it here, too, that yeah. our very first guest for 2021 on our live streams is going to be January 25th. January 25th. And that is going to be Syntax 77. Yes. So we are super excited about having Syntax on the show. Uh Super nice guy, great guy, and so I'm excited to get him on here and talk a little bit about cheeseburgers, <laughs> GPX files, and uh, whatever else this man does when he goes out. He's he loves done, cheeseburgers. He's done it all, man. Yeah. He's done it all, so y'all have a great one. It was good talking with you. Jeremiah, as always, yeah. great time, man. Yeah, I've had great a lot time. of fun, man. Yeah, dude. Well, let's pack this stuff up so you can take it home with you. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. We'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. <laughs> Adios, folks. <laughs>